This is Peter Walsh with MR. Scott Ritter with the Decorated Apparel Expo. This is Ben Landisman with Lost in Screen and Digital Products. This is Deborah Sexton. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. 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 Hosted by Terry Combs and Aaron Montgomery. Good morning, folks, and welcome to the show. It is Friday, June 3rd, 2022, and I'm Eric Campbell sitting in for Terry Combs. You can find me at ericcampbell.com, and uh, sorry for the late start. We've had a couple issues going forward here. We may try and bring Aaron in here in just a second. As you saw, he's trying to get himself ready for the show, uh, but for right now, I'm going to go ahead and start introing the show for us and get us going, uh, but Today, we're talking about something that is actually quite pertinent to what we're doing today and lots of days, which is responding to change, right? So uh, with so many things that are changing in the industry right now, we thought it was a good time to discuss things about how we can find opportunity and redirect that opposition, uh, cut through the resistance that we feel when we have these changes going on with ourselves. And as we deal with those kind of real and perceived changes that are out there, yes, we'll talk about that because there are some changes in the, in the offing that sometimes seem like uh, they're huge things that we make for ourselves. But along with that, hopefully we'll see if we can have Terry join us for a quick report on GPX Indy. If not, we will just keep on talking about this stuff. Uh, what I am going to say before I bring Aaron in is that this is uh, absolutely a topic that he and I talk about. If you are ever in one of our kind of like discussion sessions after the shows, talking about what's going on in the industry, this is something that we talk about quite a lot, uh, where we talk about the kind of change and the way people are facing it and the way people are handling themselves during changes, during problems like that. So if Aaron gets back on, if we can get him in, we will try and have him on. Otherwise, you're going to essentially get, uh, I guess, Take Up Junior. You'll get my show in a small version in the morning for two regular guys. First thing I'm going to do is say hi to a couple of the people who are here. And by the way, uh, we all handle change as we have to. Been a couple of episodes of that going on for us, but that's the kind of stuff that you handle every day as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, as someone who takes care of things. Sometimes you just have to go with what you got. All right. So for that, let's talk to some of the people who are here. You live viewers and live listeners are always close to us and near and dear to our hearts. Chuck says, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Chuck. I will try and be a gentleman today. Uh, Barb is in saying good morning from North Central Minnesota. Hi, Barb. Uh, Jeff is in. Jeff and Adam. So Jeff of Fuller Embroidery Works and Adam of BJJHats.com showing up for the show. Kristen is in saying good morning. And of course, we have uh, Barb coming in saying hi to both me and Aaron. Hopefully we can get Aaron in. And Yosta is in as well saying uh, hi from Uppsala, Sweden. Hi, Yosta. Happy to have you in. So we have lots of folks coming in. As you come in, I would love for you guys to share your stories as well, how you face change, how you face difficulties in your screen printing, embroidery, decoration, sublimation, whatever kind of shops you have, whatever kind of work you've done, where you've been facing down changes, dealing with these difficulties. I would be glad to have you guys in and share your live comments, especially on an episode where pretty much I'm going to be driving the discussion solo. These host episodes are usually a time for us to have a discussion amongst ourselves and discuss our own experiences in the industry with this kind of change and the things that we see uh, talking to folks. But in all honesty, this is something I want to share with you guys. And a lot of the stories I have, a lot of the things that I talk about come directly from my time dealing with all of you guys on the road, consulting with decorators and discussing the way that you guys are facing change. So please, if you are in the comments, feel free to jump in and discuss. Uh, but before we do that, we do have a quick news story really quickly. And I want to put this up. So uh, 
we are now have the nominations are open for the 2022 Women in Screen Printing Awards, and that's from Screen Printing Magazine. So if you want to catch that, I'm going to throw a QR code up on screen here really quickly that will get you directly to the entry form. But before we finish all of that, let's discuss all the things we're doing. Uh, screen Printing Magazine is looking for accomplished women who... Uh, through their careers, industry involvement, and philanthropic roles have sparked innovation, spurred business growth, improved their communities, and enhanced the screen printing industry. The six winners will appear in Screen Printing Magazine's September-October digital edition and will be recognized at Printing United in Las Vegas on Thursday, October 20th. We'll put a little note in here, though. Anybody you nominate for this needs to hold a leadership position at a company that produces screen printing as its primary function. But like I said, uh, this is something that I'm really hoping you guys can uh, engage with. If you have someone who belongs there, we have great people who are among our listenership, people who we know who have been nominated and won these awards. Go ahead and check that out, the bit.ly link below, or we can go ahead and uh, get that QR code up for you one more time, bit.ly slash W-I-S-C-P, and that will get you directly uh, to the entry form for the uh, women in screen printing awards from screen printing magazine so like i said hopefully you go you guys get a chance to check that out if you have someone who is in that leadership position of screen printing award who uh, a woman who has done all these wonderful things please nominate them we would love to see more of you getting out there and being recognized for your excellent work in the industry uh with that though let's get to something that i know you guys love and this is one that uh <laughs> terry is very happy with right so this is the dad joke and usually this is terry combs purview to be doing the dad joke however i'm here on terry's behalf with terry's joke so uh he doesn't have me shaking my head and face palming in the bottom corner of our lobby to see me reacting to his joke this time he just has to imagine it for himself but for once this is a joke that i can stand behind so here it is terry combs very proud dad joke that he had to share share with us early. He brought this up as we were planning for the show. So here it is, folks. Have you heard about the new restaurant called Karma? You know, it's got an interesting way of operating this restaurant. There's no menu. You just get what you deserve. <laughs> all right. I'll pause for all the head shaking and pain. Feel free in the comments to reply and tell Terry either whether he had a hit or a miss on that one. I liked that one. That was the first time I didn't head shake on one of Terry's jokes in quite some time. However, honestly, I was happy to be able to provide it. And what I have to say, quite literally, Terry wrote into our our outline that we have for the show. I'm kind of proud of this one. So when you see Terry over there in at the show, pat him on the back and tell him that was a good dad joke because he deserves it. All right. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. Uh, we are always looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com slash two, the number two regular guys with your show ideas. If you're listening to the podcast version of our show, we would appreciate you sharing the Two Regular Guys podcast with your industry friends so they can become regulators too. We'd appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you do your podcast listening. And if you're watching us live right now, please join in with comments and questions. I want to hear more about how you guys have handled change in your businesses. Now, I think we have Aaron. It looks like we have him. I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> if he doesn't come up, this doesn't work out. I will just jump on and talk. And like I said, you'll get the take up junior in the morning for some reason. These things sometimes happen. But let's see if we can bring Aaron in and get him in on the stream. All right. Are we here? I'm here. Oh, can you we, hear me? <laughs> we can hear you. You're here. You're live. 
<laughs> I'm not fully. Hey, all right. Happy to Good. Have you. Man, it's been a rough morning as far as internet goes, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. So thanks for hey. thanks for having me, Eric. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is uh, Aaron Montgomery, and you can find him at <laughs> OurSuccessGroup.com. So bringing you in, we got, I think you guys know Aaron, but we know, and you and I always have these discussions, change is a big thing we talk about and our reactions to change. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy that we get to talk about this today. This is something that, you know, I really think everybody goes through this kind of feeling of everything changing, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, let's get into it. Let's start. What yeah. do you think are some of those factors? What do you think are the things that people are talking about the most? And kind of how do you feel about these things? Like where do they come from? Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, Eric, you know, change is... Change is one of those things that we typically don't, um, like you said, respond to well <laughs> necessarily <laughs> all the time. We're, we're resistant to change. I, I think as human beings, change can make uh, difficulty in our lives. And so we we stay away from it. But yeah. without changing, we're not able to move forward. We have to, you know, we have to keep changing. We have to keep updating. We have to keep kind of getting a little bit better each day. And, yeah. and that comes with change and that comes with, you know, letting go of old stories. It comes with, man, just so many different um, emotions that mm. it, we sometimes struggle with that. So I'm so glad that we get to talk about this today, Eric. I, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, especially because we do have kind of these factors that keep coming up where admittedly, understandably, some of these things are external to us. Whenever I talk about this, I think it, it becomes too easy for people to think that I'm just saying, hey, you know, get over it. That's, yeah. it, but that's not the answer here. Some of these things you can't help with. Uh, stock problems are real. Those are real things that are happening to you. You order stock, you can't get it. You have to spend extra time hunting for stock. Um, changes in the niche. I know whenever yeah. we talked about this during the pandemic, people were having their entire niche disappear. If your niche was high school sports, there was a certain period of time where you just didn't have anything to produce or at the very least yeah. your usual job, the job that you would have done, the seasonal job that came through no matter what that you didn't have to work for that one, or at the very least that, yes, you had to do a lot of work to fulfill, but was aligned with you, was coming to you pretty regularly, was yeah. gone. And I'm actually seeing people also complain a little bit that there was a, this happened previously where uh, kind of, you know, in the government in DC, we had a bunch of people talking about how promotional products were wasteful. And lately I'm seeing a lot of people talking about how fast fashion is wasteful. And it's kind of freaking some decorators out because, hey, we, we pump out t-shirts. Like that's something we do is make yeah. promotional t-shirts that may or may not be engineered to last all the time, or at least the concept of them, the whole idea is event-based. So those, those are external factors. The thing is, I'm also seeing decorators go beyond and figure ways around them all the time. They're always finding opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely one of those things where change becomes what you make of it, right? If 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 you go into change with, oh my God, and, and you're, you're kind of standoffish to it, and you're thinking about, you know, all of the different problems, right? And, and you're, you're commiserating with everybody oh my god the, like like you talked about that you know the the stock sure. issues the um you know just just changes in your business so over the last <laughs> gosh we're, we're now at 2022 right and the yep. pandemic started in 2020 so over the last two years change has been the thing that's happened right everybody's had to change we went from having in-person events to not having in-person events. Yeah. Now we're back here in Indy and we're, we're you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're having in-person events again. So we're changing again. And 
um, you know, the, the word pivot came up <laughs> so often. <laughs> and, and so yeah. we, we just, we have to be able to figure out a strategy to deal with those changes in a, in a sense that, that works for us, right? We, we have to be able to manage that in a way that, that we can take that on each time and, and really get to the meat of what that change means for us. How can we make the best out of the situation, I guess, would be the thing that I want to share with people. You know, what, how, how can you always find the silver lining in everything that happens? Oh, absolutely. I have to bring a comment real quickly yeah. uh, because we have a response to the dad joke. And as we know, the dad joke always spawns like three or four more dad jokes. So uh, <laughs> Justin Armenta coming through for me on this one says, uh, I heard we done the restaurant called Karma. We had this already. I heard they have a fast food option. Instant Karma. Yeah, there we go. There's <laughs> Justin awesome. coming through with it. And Todd, I have nothing for that one. That's all right. Justin's got you, man. <laughs> Justin's got you kept up. But <laughs> he's got you, got your back. He's got Love you. That. He's got your back. <laughs> Justin's got you. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's it's one of those things that uh, it was funny because having uh, Terry put that up there, kind of, it was funny in synchronicity where we're talking about change today and he's talking about karma, you get what you deserve. I'm not going to say you deserve change to come, you know, disrupt you. There are some times where you set yourself up for disruption. If you don't ever evaluate what you're currently doing or you don't consider whether the thing you're doing is actually worth the effort you're putting into it, someone's going to come up underneath you and disrupt you. That happens. Now, there's things like pandemic, external factors are, are not that kind of thing. But especially when somebody tells me about competition, um, sometimes there are competition issues where it's like, I've, I talked to them about the competition coming under them and I'm like, well, you know, they are doing something you're not doing, you're not willing to do, you didn't evaluate, and that's what the customer wants. If the customer's desires change, if the customer's tastes change and you don't change with those tastes or don't offer an option for them, that's just, that's not necessarily they've done something to you. That's not antagonistic. That's that things have moved on beyond you. And we all have to face that sometimes. It's unfortunate. It's not great. And I think it's sometimes an emotional reaction. Like the thing that I built isn't good enough anymore. And so you feel bad about it. And it's hard for you to move away from it. But if we don't evaluate what's going on and see where we fit in the current, the real current situation around us, not the one that was there last year, not the one we wish we could go back to, yeah. sometimes that disruption is going to come for us. And I'm not saying that we, you know, deserve it. It's not like in a bad way. It's just that that's like likely to joke. happen. Yeah, it's not the karma <laughs> joke, but it's more likely to happen if we don't ever think about the situation where if we don't take stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's exactly right. We, we can we can choose how we react to those changes. You know, I, Kristen uh, has a comment in there, Eric, that, about you know just lost two orders due to out of stock issues, right? And so yeah. It's, it's, it's about how we deal with that, right? It's, you know, do we, do we partner up with the distributors? Do we look at different things? Because the reality is everybody's dealing with those changes. So yeah. we have to come up with strategies that, that work for us. So. Oh no. And I think that's the thing. It's not, and that's not saying that those aren't real difficulties. I think that's the Absolutely. thing too. When we talk about that stuff, these are real difficulties and you can totally lose orders based on them. I would say this, there are some folks waiting for things to go entirely back to how they used to be. And even if that happens, in the meantime, in the meantime, that waiting is a kind of inaction that can cause problems for you. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I have been on the other end of this. I remember very distinctly, funny enough, the kind of the last, the big recession in 2008, I remember working through that. I remember also a period of time where I'm doing embroidery and for some reason, the customer tastes changed to 
very little decoration. Everything was tone on tone, low stitch count, small decorations, everything for a little while there. It was like businesses decided we don't want, we didn't want logos anymore. Yeah. And trying, trying to react to that meant you had to literally say, all right, what can we do that is not the kind of decoration we've done that still makes money? What can we offer? And part of it was offering those solutions up and finding ways to to work with the economy of scale or do things like move the profit center out of the decoration and into the garment, move the profit center out of garments entirely and into adding accessories. There were things that we had to do to move the profit center when the profit wasn't the place we were used to working. And totally. I think that's, it, it's hard not to, it's hard not to see that as a difficulty that you may, it is a difficulty that comes up, but if you want to stay in business, one of those things, if the result is this and you want that result, you're going to have to do things to get to that result, whether or not it's comfortable or is the way you always did it. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's exactly right, Eric, that, that way you always did it thing. I love yeah. that. Um, so Jerry is continuing the dad jokes, apparently. <laughs> um, change can add up to dollars, especially quarters. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And by the way, everybody's happy you got on. Ramona says, Aaron, good morning. Yeah, hey. <laughs> happy to yeah, have you on. I'm, I'm actually hotspotting here now. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we don't burn up too much of your hotspot. No, no, no. I, fortunately, I've got, uh, I've got plenty of data as far as that goes. It just, it's crazy. <laughs> I paid for the extra internet and still having lovely times there. That, yep, but that's the hey, fun of going on the road, right? <laughs> but what do we have here? This is the thing. Aaron knows that this is how hotel internet works. What does he have a hotspot plan? He's he's already, he doesn't just continually walk around saying, you know what? All hotels have terrible internet. He's like, I've got a backup plan. I've got something to do. Um, and also, hey, that's yeah. why we do what we do, why we built the team we do for Tearly Guys too. It's like we have someone to do the things that need to get done one way or the other. And sometimes that's what we have to do. It's not easy all the time. And I'm certainly not going to say it's easy. What I think is is something we can do, though, is think about how our reactions uh, kind of play into change for us and think about the things that are very changeable They're in ourselves. I think it's funny to say it that way, but frequently it's perspective shifts that make it easier for us to handle this stuff, especially when it is that like my output's not good enough. The thing I built isn't good enough. And I think uh, the way we can kind of get around it creative people who do things like art we do art for clients all the time we all know that we can draw up a piece and the client says no to it if you can learn the kind of muscle memory for not reacting to that emotionally not taking the criticism of a thumbnail you've done for someone emotionally we should be able to do the same with the market we should be able to do the same with negative reviews and not you know cut off our nose despite our face not react poorly to things that make us look worse or dig in our heels when really the change would have saved us yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's exactly it, Eric. That that's the the kind of it's how you react to the change that that is important. You know, when when you're when you're in your business and these changes are happening, stock issues, the all of the challenges, right? We, we can we have a choice. And <laughs> that's kind of what I love about the success principles work is at the end of the day, what we can control are our choices that we make. And and yeah. so we can we can look at this as an opportunity. We can look at, um, you know, we, I was talking inside of our volley group. Uh, there there was this whole discussion going on about some changes happening with the with a certain company, and the I, I guess the thing that we're trying to get to is okay. We know what's going on. We know what the quote unquote problem is. Sure. But where 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 can we find a solution? What are the solutions? And and 
and I think that's what's so cool about the the community, the the decorators community, the the community at large here is yeah. that people are willing to share and jump in and and say, okay, here's some ideas, here's what I'm doing, here's what's happening, and and I think that's ultimately how, as business owners or you know people working in this industry, we can we can create meaningful change out of out of the smallest things right we saw it during the pandemic for example you know people yeah. went to different types of products you know face masks were made for a long time and now sure. <laughs> now they're not right and and then you know signage and and all this other stuff and so we saw all these changes happening and and i think the title of of this particular program eric that you put together is so dead on how do we respond to changes is is the real point here you know and that's where with the success principles, we we get the number one principle, which is E plus R equals O, which is 100% responsibility. How do we react to change? Not not what's happening to me. How how do I make the things that are you know going on in my world? How do I again find that silver lining in them? So I, I love this topic. I love talking <laughs> about how do we respond to these changes that that's the ultimate uh, goal so for the people who don't know give us the e plus r equals o because i think that actually opens up a good discussion like tell us what the e r and o is on that one because i think that's something we can talk that's about a, yeah very good point sorry i talk about it so much that i'm just like ah, oh, everybody should know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it but uh, the e plus r equals o is the event plus your response equals the outcome and and yeah. what we're solving for is is that you know we, we want to have the outcome that we want, right? We want more business. We want to, you know, thrive. We want <laughs> everything that we want. Those are the outcomes, and and we get to control those by the way we we respond to things. So when something happens, when it when a change is is there in our face, <laughs> we can choose to go, ah, oh, gosh, that's terrible, and wallow in it, and you know that kind of thing. Or we can choose to look for solutions, right? We can say, okay, I'm having this thing. Uh, Kristen talked about the stock issue there, right? Yeah, so, sure, sure. Um, lost a couple of orders. So, how, how do you how do you rebound from that? How do you respond to those things? Is ultimately what's going to change that outcome, Eric. That and I, and I think that's kind of the I don't know the the core of what the success principles are. Well, and honestly, I think the first thing that happens, no matter when, which, you know, which group of principles you come from, no matter where you come from in this kind of discussion, people think that when you say that it's like oh don't get upset that is not how i take this this at all yeah. for me the, there's an initial reaction and then there's actual action like when something bad happens when prices go up when the stock isn't there there is nothing wrong with going man darn that that sucks i hate it this this is going to cause me to have to do more work than i want to i'm going to have to change things i want to leave alone uh yeah. and to go ahead and be upset there's that's the thing i think a lot of people think um and I know this is where I differ from a lot of people. I'm actually not a big, just positive thinking person. And it's not because I'm saying like positive thinking, there's nothing good about it. And I know we, we differ a little bit on this one, probably a little uh, for sure. But I tend to think it's like, it is totally cool to go cuss your way through the first part of this reaction to just be like, all yes. right, I hate this. This sucks. I don't want it. I don't want to change it. I can't believe I got to go do all this stuff. But if you march your feet and you show up and you do what you have to do and you actually have a reaction that, and this is the big one for me is that's based on the outcome. It's like, it's kind of like you said, you're like solving for the outcome. For me, the problem I see with a lot of folks is they stop, they're thinking about process all the time and they forget to bring the outcome even into it sometimes. 
Like, I'm like, no, start with the outcome you want and then realize that anything that doesn't bring you to that outcome is probably not worth your time. And if you should be solving for the outcome, that means any initial reaction, you can be mad about something. And, but in the end, you have to look at your outcome and say, what is going to give me that outcome? unfortunate or not because sometimes the problem is yeah. this and, and with this particular situation you're talking about i'm not going to bring it up specifically exactly but i've been in similar situations let's say you're working with a service i've done this with a website before and this is actually not related to the problem you're talking about in the volley group i've had had a, a website built on a framework before back in the day i did e-commerce websites that i had i built but they were on a templated framework um, yeah. and it's one that is not one of the current ones it's not a service one it's a framework that i built it in that i bought Eventually, I realized that this framework was just not going to do what needed to be done for the site. And the frustrating thing was I could beat my head against it, try and make the framework do what I wanted it to do, try and make it have the tools that it needed that it didn't have, pay for someone to do custom work on it so that I could keep the, the sunk cost, which is a lie, the work that I had already done alone. I could do that or I could move to the one that made the difference and I could rebuild the website so that it actually did what it needed to do. And it was super unfortunate and I was mad and I hated it. And I rebuilt the website because there was no way for me to get where I needed to go from the framework I had. It wasn't doing what I needed to do. And I've also had it happen on the converse side. Sometimes you look at it and go, all right, this is going to cost me more. I'm going to have to buy a custom plugin. I'm going to have to make this thing work and it's going to cost more than I wanted it to cost. However, I'm looking at what I have into this. I'm looking at my possible upside and I'm going to lose so much if I, if I just decide to switch off of this thing that I cannot make this viable without this investment. Means I have to adjust what my profits are gonna look like. Maybe I have to adjust my expectations. Maybe I have to adjust pricing even to make that happen. And it really can be a, the point of saying, all right, Literally, my outcome is I want to get the most profit while keeping my customer happy and solving their needs and making sure my business will be healthy in the end, that I'm not wasting my time. And yeah. for it, either of these options could be real. The problem is you'll find you'll look at it and go, all right, maybe you don't like either of them, but that's one of those options. Or you find there's always this third option we don't talk about. And I, I think this is the funny thing. Look at this thing you're working on that you're upset about and go, is that even a thing? Is it something that we should be doing at all? Is the job one I should even have taken in the first place? And sometimes you find that's the actual answer. You're spinning your wheels and you think the decision is between one way or the other way of doing something. And instead, you don't need it at all. The entire yeah. job or the entire tool you're trying to implement uh, is not useful. And that was another one I did. And I'll, I'll just put it out there. Um, I tried to add online design. So uh, customers doing online design work to a, a one of our uh, one of our custom sites, and it turned out that the customers didn't want it. They didn't want it. They didn't want to spend time on it. They didn't like monkeying around the designs. They were they were not excited about it. It didn't increase anybody's joy. It didn't make anything easier. All it did was make people frustrated. And I removed the online designer from the particular website. That segment, that audience of people, I thought it was going to be a great idea. I thought it was a way we were serving them, but it was more me implementing technologies I had access to because it was something that was current, because it looked like a new thing to do that made sense at the time. But the audience very obviously didn't want it at all. So it wasn't between two different solutions for online design. It was, yeah. I did not need online design. They didn't want it. They wanted the designers to do work things up in a more traditional way. So I think we sometimes don't think around all the options in these ideas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think you're exactly right. It's, it's about that part, really. It, it, it is. <laughs> 
at the end of the day, it's really about managing the change. And, yeah. and I think that yeah. that can be, be huge. So, um, trying, trying to get Terry on here to talk to us about, uh, <laughs> if we can get Terry on, we will, I, you know, we have a good comment for Kristen while you're trying to yeah, get Terry I, on. Yeah, I, I agree. That, yeah, this is a good one from Kristen talking about her jobs. So let's go ahead and read this out. Uh, both of the jobs I lost, the customer was very particular about the specific color or the exact garment. My thought was perhaps I dodged a bullet with a picky customer. They're also fairly small orders with tight timelines. Yeah. That might not have been the most profitable order. I know I've had that feeling many times with, uh, bargain hunters. And I know it's not nice to call them bargain hunters, but this is how they are. They, they, every job you have with them, they go to five shops, evaluate your prices, maybe even discuss the competitor's pricing with you to try and push you into those prices. <laughs> and still you're, you're dealing with this every single time. How much time have you spent on fighting with those people? And that's, what is it? The Pareto principle where you spend 80% of your time on 20% of the work that you're bringing in. We yeah. always have these clients that absolutely take this immense amount of time from us. And the change there that might be difficult for us is to say, maybe fewer clients with higher margins with less work makes sense. And I've, I've had that discussion with people before in, uh, honestly, in another world, in another part of my job where it was like, subscribers at a really low level, I could have a ton of them, but I'm doing a lot of support for every, all of them. Or subscribers at the high level, I'm doing less support but there's fewer of them, which one is the profitable range? And I've talked about pe with people who have like subscription-based services and that's one of those things they talk about. They're like, where do I set a price point? Do I want yeah. more people who pay less, but now I have to talk to more people. The, the workload is increased, even though it looks like I've got more people on board. And that can happen with your custom decoration customers. Yeah. I, I will, ha however, say, I have literally been in a company that that put all of their eggs in one basket before. So I'm not saying don't diversify. If you have three <laughs> huge customers, that's danger town. <laughs> you should be worried. Yeah. You should be hearing sirens when that happens. Yeah. Because yeah. one of those, you know, legs gets kicked out from under the stool and you fall over. Yeah. yeah. When you have but, very few large customers, that's scary. But there is a point where you say, maybe taking on every job. And it's something we often do when we build businesses from a small business to a larger business. We take on every job because we're hungry. But later on, you find out that not every job is the fit. And some of these changes may weed out the ones that don't fit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that that's I, the, maybe the other side of this, Eric, is is being able to to kind of see the signs of, of when change is necessary. Right. And, and yeah. understanding that. Um, we, we, we talked about I talked about it a little bit earlier that, yeah, as humans, we don't we don't like change, right? <laughs> change, change is hard, <laughs> but we have to be able to look for it. We have to be able yeah. to understand, Hey, it, it's a change. You know, like in Kristen's case, how do you, yeah. how do you figure that out? Right. Like, Oh, wow. Well, maybe I dodged the bullet there. Right. And so maybe sure. that is also a sign that, you know, what are you attracting into your business and, and how do you manage that? And so, um, I, I think that's a fun topic, Eric, to, to kind of, if we go down that, that rabbit hole, so to speak, what, what, yeah. what is the sign of change? What, when, when it's time to do something different or make a, make a change, because I think a lot, a lot of times the other thing that we do is go, okay, well, we may change for the sake of changing without a, without a real plan behind that. So, um, sure. you know, that, that can be the other downfall of it is, is if you just, <laughs> go changing things all the time for the sake of change, then, then you're also, <laughs> so it's a, the total balancing act, I think. 
I think all of it is about awareness. Um, when you're saying change for the sake of change, the, the one that I'm hearing, because this is the one I deal with the most often, is people who want new technologies to solve problems for them without really evaluating if that's a, really the case. Yeah. Um, every new system that comes out, every new tool that comes out, every new decoration option that comes out, very naturally, they want to play with those new options. They want to see what's possible. They think that there's maybe a market for them. And some of it's probably, you know, especially when we're talking about like decoration equipment or decoration methods, they're looking to solve problems, but they're often not the problems they really have. That's that kind of change yeah. where you're spinning your wheels. And I, I've especially, I'll say this, I've seen this in the embroidery world a lot where people want to add equipment, bring in, you know, th th there's always some solution that requires <clears throat> buying something extra which is not necessarily the case that it's not because there are times where you are digging your heels in. I've known I, there was a, a person I talked to who was just digging their heels in that they were an embroidery only company, but their customers desperately wanted small amounts of print. And it was finally the point where I'm like, heat printing would be an easy ad for you. It's not going to kill you to do some transfer stuff. It's very obvious that you have this small market that's captured. You're in a small town. They don't have a lot of options for local decoration and you're the person they're already getting their embroidery from. There is a market there. You just don't feel like doing it. Like it's not your favorite thing ever. Yeah. If there And there may be a way where you decide, hey, that's not my success condition. I don't want to be a person who does that and we're going to find some other way to handle it. But it was one of those things where I'm like, for real, you are one of the rare cases where I'm recommending you go buy equipment because yeah. you, um, the market is screaming for you to be in it. But yeah. there's people who are looking for any new technology just to solve problems that really aren't problems. And I'll say the other one I get quite a bit, and this is uh, one that I don't I don't always like to say because this is the uncomfortable one for embroiderers. People who think the next software will suddenly make them a digitizer when the previous one didn't. Uh, it's often not the software, it's an understanding and it's the practice of, of digitizing that they're not getting through. Usually it's uh, not spending time interpreting things into embroidery and understanding how embroidery works. Yeah. It's not their machine, it's not their software. It's often that we didn't want to spend kind of that time on the trial and error process of understanding how it all comes together and no amount of that or, or because they want to be able to do art uh, they want to initiate their own art and they're not really artistically minded people. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't draw most of my own stuff and most digitizers don't. We are, we trace, if you want to call it that, we interpret from existing art, but there's always this kind of like, if I just buy the next software, I'll be good. I'll, I, it'll make me able to do those things that I'm not currently able to do. And it's because <laughs> the actual change that needs to happen is a lot harder. It's, it's self change. And that's a lot harder than, you know, applying things on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the, we look at change as, yeah, like this big, hairy, scary thing. And, mm -hmm. and at the, at the core of it, when, you know, like what you're talking about there, it comes back to that foundation. It comes back to sure. building from a place of, of strength in, in having a, a foundation. Like you talked about with the digitizer, do you have a good foundation? I think that's why so many people are attracted to the work that you do in the education of that is it's about building a foundation. Then the software shows up and it becomes a tool uh, and yeah. it becomes an agent of change, so to speak. And, and, but at, at, at its core, you still have that foundation there. And, and I think that's really important for everybody to understand what, what is your foundation that you're working from? Well, and I think that's with everything, that's business too. Uh, some of the choices people are really dealing with or at least the change when they're reacting to external changes, especially if it will out the fact that you don't have a solid foundation or a plan. 
if you yeah. don't have a solid foundation or plan, if you've kind of been flying by the seat of your pants, which sometimes works, sometimes it, it turns out okay. But you get to a point where some external stressor comes around and, and kind of knocks you out of that position of, of kind of security. That's when you have some issues that can come up. You can The weaknesses are outed by that. Um, I know certainly yeah. that's something I've been in, in shops I worked in where we, like I said, I went going through the 2008 recessions, one of those where suddenly you're like, okay, we can see where all the money leaks are when there's less income, like flat out. Suddenly you're like, okay, we can see that we've been spending, but when everything was going, okay, we were just kind of letting ourselves bail out the ship. But at the same time, yeah, we're definitely leaking. Something is going on. We were patching things up as we go, dying from a thousand paper cuts, you know, that, but at the same time, we, we, we could see those once that came around and that kind of helped us refine ourselves. Yeah. The thing is the folks around us, a lot of them had this reaction where funny enough, people who were averse to change were actually changing for the worse. A lot of our competitors were like, okay, we're, we have less money coming in, stop marketing, pull all of our ads. Don't spend any money on salespeople because we have to make sure we have to keep our people printing. Those are the most important people in the shop when really it's holistic. All of that stuff was important. And the thing that makes me crazy whenever changes like this happen, if you stop advertising, the jobs stop coming. Yes, you can keep writing on the people who exist, but if they drop out, there's no one coming in to bring new people out. And advertising can also includes, as we know, word of mouth marketing and all the other things that we do that are not you know, spending on advertisements. Yeah. But if, that, if advertisements have been working for you to bring in work that you have a place you're advertising is bringing in work, Stopping that because you're seeing a small downturn is just one of the worst things you can do pretty frequently, at least in the experience I've had. I mean, th there are times where you're wasting money. There are times where you're going where you're in the wrong place. If your advertising has had no responses throughout your career and then suddenly, you know, the money's going in less, you should have been reviewing that already. So I'm not saying you're just keeping throwing money toward advertising. that's not working. However, I was watching people who were in spaces. They were pulling you know, they're pulling some amount of customers pulling back on marketing as a cost when really it has to be seen as like the leader that's bringing in more people. I mean, these days, now that we have things like conversion tracking, where we can see where conversions are coming from, it's a lot easier to justify that stuff and people don't freak out as easily back. We're doing all the paper stuff and, you know, back, back in the bad old days uh, of whether or not you have a big a phone book <laughs> plate <laughs> or not, it was harder to tell what was coming in sometimes. It was harder to evaluate some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But now it's easier to evaluate. I still see people pulling back on the on what I consider, if not the wrong stuff to pull back on, stuff that you need to refine, not eliminate. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's all about thinking all right, about well, what those options are. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, bring in Jeff's comment here when you're yeah, talking about software, you? right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeff says, that's why I'm glad I only have one software. If you know Jeff, Jeff has like seven digitizing softwares. Right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that that is definitely tongue firmly planted in cheek. And here's what I'm going to say about that. You can get tools that make your work better. If you don't know your own position and your own foundation, you won't yeah. know if they're going to help you or not. You, you're taking shots in the dark and sometimes expensive shots in the dark. Uh, yeah. I think that's the same thing with equipment. I have, how many times have we seen, I know, Aaron, you know this, someone who will come up, talk to you and go, oh yeah, remember how you, you sold me some equipment or you helped me with that question about equipment last year? Yeah. So I'm about to unpack it now. Or <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, nobody, I, I haven't had any orders from it. And then you find out the other half of it's, they haven't marketed their service at all. 
they haven't told anybody they're even doing that sort of with the new equipment. <laughs> All right. Yosa says, uh, <laughs> what they said that the next upgrade will solve all of my problems right <laughs> right that, that's it you, you, there's this kind of chasing the next new thing um and here's here's what I, where I, I think the split is here we have to be aware of what's going on around us we can't not be aware of our of our audience and what they want consistently just going for the next new technique without kind of showing it, working on the marketing half, thinking about how it serves the, the clients we have or the clients we want, or thinking about how we're going to show it to the clients we want, then makes it less useful. Yeah. That's, and yeah, the next upgrade very rarely solves all of your problems. <laughs> I was introducing some. I, yeah. I, and actually what I would, I, <laughs> Krista says, I hate upgrades. See, we all hate change, <laughs> including upgrades. But I actually, right. actually going to bring in a resource that I want to talk about briefly. I think some of what bothers us with change is trying to come up with the new ideas. And I'm actually going to show right here. I'm going to show a book. Uh, There's a book called Cracking Creativity from uh, Michael Michalko. And uh, he also did Thinker Toys, which a lot of people really love in our industry. Um, what's interesting about these things, they're strategies for thinking creatively. And this is where I think we have some strengths in our industry that are unique to us. We do a creative work by its nature. Yeah. The thing we do is creative. We employ design thinking all the time, whether we think we do or not. Someone comes in with a problem, we help them put together a solution and we make things happen according to that. We make these new things happen. We bring in unique combinations of apparel and decoration to make people happy. We do that all the time. We should be able to do the same thing when it comes to the, our direction in business when it comes to the niches we're in, when it comes to how we're marketing ourselves. And I think a lot of that, you know, tools like these, because he has things like in this book, one of the ones I like was uh, thinking about the opposite. Like, here's the thing we're trying to do. What's the opposite of what we're trying to do? Here's the way that we're marketing. What's the opposite of that? And define that opposite and then see what that means. And one of them is, uh, okay, uh, restaurants, here's the, the assumption, the normal assumption, restaurants sell food to people and that's how they profit. He says, all right, what if we say uh, our restaurant won't sell food? Instead, we're going to sell time for people and provide food that's there. They can have the food if they want. They buy the time instead. And it's like thinking about things that are opposite of the assumptions we make. It's not that you're always going to do that, but let's imagine that. Like, okay, we sell decoration on garments. Let's say you're somebody who does a lot of customer supply. Say, okay, how about this? No, we don't. Uh, we sell garments, and if you buy a garment at a certain tier, you get the decoration. For yeah. That there's there are other ways we can market and position ourselves to make this work, and I think it, it can be the same thing with some of this other trouble. We have stock problems. Okay, turn into a place that doesn't use any stock. You don't provide stock ever. Go full customer supply and raise your rates accordingly to make sure you're making profit on the decoration alone. Suddenly stock is not your problem. Suddenly stock is the customer's problem. <laughs> I mean, yes, I know that means we are going to get a flood of weird shirts from Costco. <laughs> I know that because being an embroiderer, if you're not an embroiderer who's had to you know, customize weird stuff people bring to you, you're not an embroiderer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is still a way of thinking about this differently and could be a niche you can put yourself in that we have to do investigation. We have to try these things out. But there could be a niche there that you haven't served because it just is so contrary or so different than the way you might traditionally think of solving the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's I think we're creative people. 
and we should think creatively about these things and take the risk to at least give ourselves time to play with those ideas. It's not a real risk. The reason I say it, it's like scare quotes, take the risk to think about these things is because you never know where you might go down the rabbit hole or find some you know direction you think is really interesting. It doesn't turn out. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like everyone's already following the business models we've all been teaching forever. Why not think about potential models that might not be there? Yeah. Or look at other people's models and say, what's what does that look like compared to mine? What do we do? You know, what yeah. is the assumption we're making about how we make money, how we make, and also how we solve problems for our customers? Yeah, yeah. And at at its core, Eric, that's what change is, right? It's it's creativity. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, it's finding those those new ways of thinking. It's finding that you know, it, if you're talking about designing, creativity yeah. is coming up with something that. Um, people are excited about because it's new and it's different. (laughs) And, and I think that that's the most interesting part is we have to, again, find that balance between change. And, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about yet is, is when you should change, you know, what, sure. What, what's the place where, you know, um, you guys have probably heard this from me many, many times, but that whole poster about the guy getting gored by the bulls, right? <laughs> he's in the, the in Spain in the running of the bulls and, and he's getting that horn into his back and people going, oh, okay. Just because it's always the way that we've done things doesn't mean it's not incredibly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, it's one of the worst reasons to do anything is to say, because we've always done it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't actually, it doesn't talk about the outcome at all. Yeah. yeah. And I know that there are traditions and traditions are good. And also somebody would say, hey, you're teaching the same way of, you know, digitizing. I'm like, well, physical reality is a threat or one thing. But the way we market, the way we position ourselves, the way we are as business is a different thing. We can do different things and still offer the same product and still have some of the same realities. We are going to decorate garments if we're in garment decoration. Very likely. Though, and at the same time, as soon as I said that, my brain fired up and said, wait a minute, don't you remember the people who were selling shirts that were uh, only had lines on them and allowing kids to color on them with sublimation markers? Don't you remember? There's all of these other solutions and products where they had customers being part of the decoration process. Yeah, I've also known people who set up a heat press. And one of the things they do is bring customers in to press their own garment because that ownership of that decoration process makes them feel like they made it. Have you ever painted pot, pre-made pottery at a pl- place? I've done it before. I loved it. And I'm sitting there like, look, I made this plate. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I applied some glaze to the plate. That's what I did. I didn't do the whole process. But that little bit of ownership was something I found valuable and novel. And I paid a lot more for my one dippy sushi plate that I had uh, than, I, than something that would have been made by somebody else, even though it was a lot nicer. I paid a ton. I paid a premium to do the work myself. Yeah. So there are definitely other options. But yeah, I mean, there are some realities of what we're going to have to deal with, but there are different models that are possible if we look at this stuff. And, and I'm, like I said, you're running on the bulls thing. I even wrote it into the outline as a note because I was just like, that is one of those things that the concept of the way we've always done things yeah. is, is a justification. It doesn't really say anything. If it says that this is the way the producers results, fine. But let's say you, if you say to me the way that I'm always, I've always done it, it produces results, but your next breath is I'm not getting results anymore. 
Yes. Then fairly obviously, no, no, it's not. And that's, I have been in that boat. So this is not like I'm not the wonder wizard kid who knows what happened and dealt with all that stuff and was constantly changing. I've stayed too long at the party many a time. <laughs> but it's something to kind of warn us, especially as you get in the industry for a while. There's a, there's a part of you that will stop and just want to keep on with the inertia of how you've been doing things because it just makes sense. It's what you do. You show up. You do it every day. And it doesn't encounter resistance. Doing new creative stuff encounters that resistance of the potential of it being wrong. And honestly, I'll just go emotional woo-woo on this because I go there. Part of that resistance is also I don't want to be wrong because it reduces how I feel about myself or reduces my value in front yeah. of people if I make a bad choice, if I make the wrong choice, if I change and it doesn't work, that's my fault and my stock goes down. And that resistance is avoided very handily by just pointing to history and saying, well, I've done it that way forever. And so I'm going to keep doing it that way. Well, I couldn't have been wrong because it was what we did forever. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> that's It's not a real defense if we start working from our outcome back, which I think is what yeah. we have to do. No. Yeah, it, it, that that's exactly right. It, it's like you said, working from that outcome back and, and <laughs> you know, I'll always do this, Eric. So I bring it right back to success principles, right? It's that we're solving for that outcome. And, and, yeah. and that's what change is really all about. That's, that's how we respond to change. It's, it's um, finding that balance between making changes because it's always the way we've done things versus making changes just for the sake of making changes. So you have to find sure. that sweet spot in the middle of, yes, we need to change. We need to upgrade. We need to move forward. We need mm -hmm. to get better every day. But at the same time, you know, if you're getting results, keep, keep amplifying those results. And, and I think that's where the, the rubber really meets the road for change is if, if something's working, then how can we amplify that? How can we do more to make that continue to be the result, right? And um, part of that is trying new things with the same process, right? So, so yeah. tweaking it just slightly. And and I think there's a lot to be said about that, you know, is, is looking at those things. And um, a big part of being a business owner, a big part of, of being a decorator for sure is evaluating what you do on the regular. I, the way I look at it is I tell people you need to spend 15% of your quote unquote business time working on your business, mm -hmm. meaning looking at those things that maybe you need to change um, versus, you know, spending a hundred percent, 120%, right? <laughs> if you can do that <laughs> in just, yeah, dealing with things as they come, being reactive. So yeah. um, I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. I, I think this discussion is really good because it is about responding to change, which is about evaluating what you're doing on a regular basis. Well, and how can we do things proactively? And I know this, sounds, this is going to sound backwards. How do we do things proactively that prepare us to react? Yeah. If we proactively look for options, backups, different directions we can move if we're constantly thinking about these things when an external change happens we won't just be you know caught with our pants down we won't be caught unable to to move unable to react we will be light on our feet we will be a little bit more will, willing to change if we make part of our habit development and yeah. also but it has to also be recording it has to be analysis yes. to a degree if you don't know your profit margin right now on the stuff you're selling 
you're not really able to work toward a better profit margin or watch when it starts to get eroded by things. If you don't know how much effort you're putting in, if you don't know how much things cost, the, the traditional stuff we talk about is still important in this. This is not just like, I'm getting in touch with my inner self that tells me it's time for changing. That, that is not, it sounds like that, but that's not the whole of it. The thing is, just like I say, uh, and boy, I use, here's my word that I use too much, holistic. Just like I call processes holistic, like when you're embroidering, you need to understand the digitized file, the stabilizer and the materials, the operation of the machine, and those all come together to make what embroidery turns out as and how it works. And then you expand it and say, I also need to know about trends and apparel and what my customer wants and all their needs and how they're going to use the garment to give them the right combination of these things and then apply them. That's holistic. But there's also this attitude toward change where it's like, Yes, there's the stuff that sounds a little out there about your emotional reaction to this stuff, but but what I'm going to say is, since you're you're you people out there are listening by yourselves, no one is sitting there with you evaluating your reaction to this. You cannot tell yourself. I I, I defy you to say that when someone has come to you with a problem from your work or has been upset at a job, that that first angry reaction isn't partially an emotional reaction. That yeah. first reaction to what happens is not you don't like me because my work isn't good enough or you don't like what we did and i worked really hard that first reaction is like you're diminishing me is the first reaction we often have when something goes weird with our business when there's a problem with an order and after that we can talk about all the real ones where it's more like literally you're looking at this going you as a customer are not profitable anymore and i'm upset but the first reason you're upset is very rarely on the books it's it's often i put a lot of work into that and i'm proud of my work and you've diminished me by saying it's not good enough or it doesn't solve your problems and i think we have to think about all of these things because they all play into how we decide to react and what we do in in the way of not just in the way of change but just in any normal reaction we can also call change just uh, uh eventualities we didn't plan for and that can also be just failures for things to go right or failures to communicate, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, Eric, maybe to close this out, let's talk real sure. quickly about that whole concept of making. Um, I, I think when the, the last thing when it comes to responding to change yeah. is we often look at change as like this big world life, whatever changing sure, kind of thing. Sure, sure. But but real change happens in in the minutia, in in the yeah. making yourself a little bit better each and every day, making your business a little bit better each and every day. You know, finding new ways to interact with your customers each and every day. That those are the changes that really add up. It's it's kind of this compound interest idea, yeah. Um, yeah. and and I think one thing that I've found myself getting caught up in is I need to make these big sweeping changes to be able to get to where I want to go. But the reality is I need to make tiny, small, modest changes each and every yeah. day. So uh, <laughs> I'm setting you up here, Eric. But yeah, you're setting me up because actually this is something and I'm going to go ahead and give full credit. As we do, you get credit at least once, <laughs> but I'm going to give full credit to uh, Brian Bailey, creative and brilliance. You know, I work with Brilliant Software. Um, Brian Bailey once told me, hey, what we need here, we were working on a project and I was getting myself down. I was honestly, I'm looking at this project and it's huge. It was a massive collection. It was bothering me. I'm like, man, I'm never going to get this thing done. Every time I chip it, it just doesn't feel like I'm going anywhere. Yeah. And he's like, all right, what I want you to focus on is mug, right? M-U-G, mug. What is that? Modest, usable gains. What can you do every day 
modest, not something that's crazy, something that's possible and approachable, which by the way, sounds a lot like smart goals. If you guys have ever heard that smart <laughs> goals, same kind of thing, a modest gain that is usable, something that you've done today that is usable. It's actually something you can implement. It's something that really does move you towards your outcome. And it's, it's a gain. It is something where you've made some advancement. It's modest though. And here's the other thing. I'm going to relate this to some other, and one of the books that I, I brought up many a time, if you ever heard me talk about the war of art, which is Stephen Pressfield. When we're talking about creative people who, who do art, Pressfield's attitude is you have to show up every day. Um, inspiration catches you already working. You know, it's not that it's coming to you and going to get you out of bed and stand you up and you're going to get the work done. It's that you are working every day and that inspiration hits because you're already there. You're there in the right place in the right position for it. Yeah. And part of getting through resistance and making these things happen, making these changes happen is by showing up, showing up daily to do a little bit. The thing is, we can also commit to the to the mug. We can commit to filling up that mug, the modest usable gains every day. Yeah. And that's the thing. If we can show up a little bit every day, the chances are you're also going to not only are you going to um, see the changes grow, but you're going to get results over time if you allow yourself to understand that this is a process that's never going to stop. Yep. You're not going to be done. You're never going to be done improving. You're never going to be done changing. So get the done out of your head in the first place. Yeah. But you'll start to see the, like you say, the compound interest. And I'm actually going to say this. Funny enough, uh, one of the ways I learned more about this is through my wife. She likes gardening. And I have never been a garden guy. I never started out that way. I mean, I, I, I gardened and grew a little garden with my dad when I was a kid. But yeah. it was not, it was something I was made to do because it was something I needed to help out with. Not something yeah. I was looking forward to. But the change between I don't do anything and I do 15 minutes a day of weeding and watering and planting and literally 15 to 30 minutes a day makes an entire difference in the span of three months. You can change a plot of land from nothing to a fully lush garden in months, depending on what you plant. Yeah. Also looking at the situation, here's the other funny thing I'll bring into it. We're in a Zurich place. We're in a dry place. I live in New Mexico. I need to find plants that will grow in the soil that I'm in. Plants that grow in the desert that don't need constant water will give me better results than plants that don't. Some things we do, some of the projects we take on are not suited to the environment that we're actually in. They're not suited to our clientele or they're not suited to how we're set up. So it's both of these things. It's knowing where you are, knowing yeah. what's around you, applying yourself to modest usable gains daily. And like I said, working on the projects that make sense for your eventual outcome and for that kind of terroir you want to go weird like the wine people do for the air the area you're in the land you're in the weather that you have yeah i mean and that's and that's change the weather you have is change that's what's around you so that's i yeah. <laughs> probably went too yeah. far i went too far into too many things than trying no, to condense it. it all but i think that's that's the crux of it for me and don't get me wrong stuff will occasionally knock you out you know the big storm is going to come these things are going to happen but let me tell you yeah. what will clean you up from that big storm better than anything not planning for one Herculean effort that will take it all out in one go. <laughs> Small improvements that you consistently make will yeah. not tax you out and burn you out, but will continually help you get back. Yeah. 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 That that's <laughs> I think that's perfect place to close up here here, Eric. Right, um, I man. think yeah, uh, we did it. You you've covered it. The one thing I was going to share about when when you talked about kind of making that you know, the gardening mm -hmm. analogy that you're making there. Sure, sure. Um, a book called take the stairs by a gentleman named rory vaden 
in, in that book, he said that success is actually only rented and the rent mm. is due every day. And, and <laughs> I, 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 I've always taken that to heart and understood that, you know, that rent is due every day. We've got to, we've got to make some change. And, and that's ultimately what responding to change is all about, Eric, I, I think is what changes are you going to make today? And how is that going to improve your life, your business, your, you know, whatever it is that's in front of you that needs to change and, and, and responding yeah. to that in such a way that it's valuable and useful for us. Oh, and by all means, the other thing to remember, folks, you're not, even if you're showing up every day, doesn't mean succeeding every day, doesn't mean every day is a winner, doesn't mean positive movement every day. It means showing up yep. and you're going to have off yep. days. Give yourself a little space and I, what Aaron always says, a little grace, give yourself some grace to, to, to do the things <laughs> you need to do and understand that there's going to be setbacks because here's, here's what I'll tell you, the setback doesn't matter if you keep going forward. If you let it knock you all the way down, if you don't come back, if you don't show up the next day, then it matters a lot more. Suddenly the setback yeah. is reality. But the, also yeah. the first day, no matter how long it's been, the first day you take the first step toward changing something, toward improving something, you're on the road. Yep. And it doesn't matter. And all the rest of that stuff, feeling guilty about it is another one of those things that is not toward the outcome. <laughs> guilt guilt is, is something that happened before. And I'm, I'm terrible at this, but feeling guilty about something is about the past. That yep. is not about what you're doing now. Yep. If it's a lesson, that's fine. But the movement is never in the guilt. The guilt is in rumination. The guilt is in looking at the past. Starting now, any step you take is the first step on the road. But yeah, give yourself some space to do it. Yep. But think about showing up. Show up. Do a little bit. Mug. Honest yep. usable case. Brian, Brian <laughs> gave me it. that one. I am one of those people who doesn't like these pat sayings usually. I always feel like, oh, God, these like these platitudes and pat sayings and things that we can repeat. I used to but, be like that too. <laughs> but Brian said that one to me and I was just like, oh man, that just hit modest, usable gains. It's so there, simple. There you go. It's so simple, but it makes, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a great All right. Well, Christian. Eric, I think I like to bring my internet's. Oh, oh yeah. Good. One, one last from Christian. Yeah, I'm good. One of the things I learned from you guys is you don't, I don't have to do everything. Absolutely. Build your dream team. Build your dream team. All right. Okay. I love it. Let's finish up. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, Eric. And and first and foremost, I just want to <laughs> tell you, great job. And um, let's well, thank you real quick talk about five things here. Um, yes. we, we need them, right? We need them from you. So <laughs> please, everybody you get five things up to tworegularguys.com forward slash five things. And that, um, <laughs> that way, there we go. <laughs> and uh, and share your five things. What are what are five things that we need to do? So um, I, we've started posting those. We pull them out, uh, segments out, and we started posting them on the social media accounts. And um, so let's let's hear what your five things are from from you guys, the listeners, and right. um, we'll we'll get that added into the show. So no five things today, though. But um, yes, yeah. All right, Eric. Well, before the internet completely kicks the can on me here. And, and again, kudos to you for, uh, for carrying me. And I'm sitting there going, Oh, I think <laughs> it's, it's right been now. good. But no worries. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, right, so what that, I'm going to do, Aaron, yeah. why don't we go ahead and let you go and I'll do the last tie up and talk about all the events and stuff. Do you have time to talk to about your events? Are you about to get, or are you getting done? I, I, I think, I think I'm covered Eric. So why don't you just all share right. your events and um, we can, we can call it a day. 
All right, man. So uh, only the last thing I want to share with folks. First, Terry Combs, we know he's got his stuff going. So let's go ahead and share the events for Terry. Uh, complete screen printing business class of workers products, June 11th through 12th. Probably sold out. Uh, we want to check out his next class in Chicago with Atlas Screen Supply, August 27th and 28th. And he's got his, his dates on his website. You should check this out if you haven't checked it out before. Go ahead and go to terrycombs.com and look for the tour dates link. And you'll be able to get anything else that's going on for Terry. All right, so uh, I will mention for Aaron real quickly that uh, he's got Skills USA coming up. So remember, that's going to happen shortly where he's doing the sublimation stuff. So go check that out at skillsusa.org. Uh, and the latest competition is going to happen at the uh, Georgia World Congress Center at June 22nd, Atlanta, Georgia. So check that out for sure. I think that is worthwhile. Also, you guys know we've had some guests on recently from the uh, Start Here Academy. So Graphics Pro Expo is holding the Start Here Academy at September 15th. And Aaron is going to be the MC, which is incredible. I'm glad to see him getting that chance to be there with these three amazing makers, these influencers, as they're going to share about their start in apparel decoration. So go check that out. Uh, he's got more information for that as well at uh, graphics-pro-expo.com slash start-here-academy, which is a bit of a mouthful, uh, but you can also get it from osg.link slash SHA that I had to find on the fly there, folks. So that's Start Here Academy. Go check that out and see what that's going to be like uh, September 15th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Last, we have my stuff that's going on. And by the way, you can catch me on multiple shows on Fridays, but you can certainly catch me every day or every Friday for the take up. So you join me today at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. If you sign up or subscribe anywhere I am, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn or even Twitch, you'll find me streaming and you'll be able to see it in your time zone. So uh, this week it's episode 114. And that's going to be called Vintage Values in Machine Embroidery, Styles, Stitches, and Segments. And I'm going to be discussing all the different meanings of the word vintage as I've encountered in my career. So if somebody's going to come to me and say, I know vintage stuff better than you, you probably do. These are all the things that I've had customers talk to me about and call them vintage, as well as sharing some stitches and settings from some popular vintage garments that are out in the uh, kind of apparel world, streetwear world today that I had someone ask me about. So I'm going to talk about the kind of stitches and the kinds of things that make something look vintage in certain ways. So we're talking about those techniques and the stitch types, as well as just discussing what vintage means to different people and what we can do to get the kind of vintage styles. So head on over to ericcampbell.com. And if you click on the take up at the top bar, you're going to see um, a link to my YouTube page, which is probably the easiest way to consume all that content, as well as the latest episode from the playlist right there in the screen to watch. The other thing I'm going to say is I've got the extended session that I'm running, uh, making small run patches coming up at Impressions Expo Fort Worth. So get over to ImpressionsExpo.com if you want to sit with me for a couple hours and talk patches. So all about making patches coming up at Impressions Expo Fort Worth. So with that, we've come to the close of another show. And I'm going to say thanks to Terry for letting me sit in the chair today. I'm sorry we couldn't get you on, but I'm glad that I could sit in and make this thing happen for you guys. And uh, also, thank you, Aaron, for coming on despite all of the difficulties that we had with internet. I know that stuff is hard. Thank you so much for being there. I was going to have to go full solo. I'm pretty glad I had you there to give me some backup and talk about the success principles and all the stuff that you know about change and success. 
But uh, for next week, that is still to be announced. You will be seeing that coming up shortly. We do have guests starting to be lined up. We're also moving some guests around. We had to kind of change the schedules due to some issues we had before dealing with change. <laughs> Sometimes the external change are technical things that happen that cause us to not be able to bring somebody in. But we will be having those folks back on. We will be having some new folks coming in, but we'll announce that here coming up. All right. So with that, until then, I'm Eric Campbell and uh, sitting in for Tarrant Combs. We had Aaron Montgomery, but he had to head out. But we were uh, the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.